3: Jeff Calkins is columnist at the Daily Mimphy and also hosts the Jeff Calkins Show 9 to 11 right here on these airwaves, 929 FM ESPN on Twitter at Jeff underscore Calkins. Jeff, how was your weekend? I'd
2: say relatively uneventful. Nice. The weekend was, uh, was good, but uneventful. Good to hear. Rainy. It was rainy. It was rainy. It was, it, rain.
3: it, it, it was that. I tried to go out to the pool on Saturday. I got in at about 1. had to get out at 2, and it just rained the rest of the day. So I had a, a quick quick return trip home. So that that pulled. Did you day. get did you get the koozie though? That's the real question. <laughs> I did not have a koozie on hand No,
2: no, no. no. What koozie? I, oh! I left the koozie in the studio for
3: you. Oh my gosh. Are you in the studio at the presently? You left the koozie in here? I'm just I just found it, Jeff. This is a live it was, reaction. It was. It was. It was. So it was thoughtful. It was labeled Gabe. Yeah. It was labeled Gabe. <laughs> There's no I other Gabe wandering around. I didn't. There. I didn't see it until you. Until you pay. It was under this piece of paper, labeled Gabe. It but was it was. It them. was. But it was. It was turned around. Someone has uh, ruffled with it before. Before. Uh, it's magnificent. Before I got to it's, it's, it. it. It's,
2: it's the way that
3: it, it's magnificent wow. in the way that koozies are. Why? Yeah? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, yeah. Jeff.
2: You added to your, how many koozies do you
3: have? Uh, I have a. I'd have to go count. You want me to count the tonight? Drawer, I'll like go. Drawer, I'll go to my
2: drawer right. and count.
3: I'll add this Just one in. Throw and then that I'll start. Add in the drawer, counting. and someday someone's going to get a Harvard koozie, and they're going to be like, "Well, isn't this uh, highfalutin?" Uh, let me say this though: there are koozie thefts. Uh, there, koozie thefts are at all time high these days. People will uh-huh. steal koozies and not even that's think what twice they say about it.
2: They say people, you know, that's a we're having a. <laughs> it's Memphis. you got you know. We've got you yeah. got it first. First step to solve the problem is admitment, admit. and uh, and i getting it's catalytic converters, uh, guns out of glove boxes,
3: and, and
2: uh, any kind of Hyundai or Kia <laughs> yes. that you happen to drive, or I'm just told by you, a koozie. A koozie,
3: yes. Yes, you had to be careful with the koozies. Now, um, we did have sort of a Source Wars discussion the other day. I still lean to the fact that I think that uh, Brett Yormark, um, and uh, you know some type of uh, with his right hand men, women, whoever it was, I feel like they were here in Memphis and had a meeting. But he did say um, that. He did. Let me let me find the uh, let me strong. find let me find the exact yeah. quote here because I don't I don't yeah. want to get this wrong because it's it's no, all about wording. Wouldn't want to. It is all about wording here. One second, he says. That I've never met with anyone at Memphis about adding them to the Big Twelve, nor have I been on campus. I, I'm more worried about what he didn't say, and that's that, um, that's that uh, he he could have met away from campus with people that were not directly employed by Memphis, which is something that seems very realistic considering the the history of people within Memphis reaching out to the Big Twelve and having uh, communication with the Big Twelve, including Fred. Uh, Fred Smith in 2016, well, reportedly in 2016, about the Big 12 championship, if Memphis were to get added.
2: Yeah, I mean, the truth is, is that we will never know for certain. Uh, e- even if, let's someday, Memphis gets into the Big 12, and we we ever what happened on that crazy week when we didn't know if uh, the commissioner came or didn't come or whatever. And like, ha, 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 I'll tell you, no, they're never going to. So, uh, we're, we're never going to actually learn the answer to this um and so i suppose it's possible um that nothing has ever happened this whole thing was conjured up out of uh, thin air and uh it was um the college ad website was woefully wrong and uh and we were all spent 3 days talking about nothing that's that's i i now will open that at the end as one of the Yes. Possibility. I, I, yep. I think more likely um, is something happened, and it's interesting. Like I was listening to Greg Aston this morning, and he said he thinks uh, he he definitely heard something happen. And Greg has his own connections. Obviously, he works he works for the Tigers in some respects by doing their – but does a bunch of the telecasts. Um, and he um, he was of the view that that it, that it wasn't the commissioner, but others came. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, then another perfectly reasonable explanation would be that, um, well, he didn't meet with Memphis. He met with Fred Smith. And um, and it wasn't on campus. It was wherever. I mean, truth of the matter is, I don't even know if there's a Liberty Bowl count as on campus. Don't know that the Liberty Bowl counts as on campus. I don't think it does. I don't think it's on campus. So who the hell? Like, there's all kinds of possibilities. I do think that that the that it was weird how aggressive they were about shooting it down. Like mostly you just ignore those reports, right? Yeah, You, you just ignore a report. Um, and so it was a weird, how aggressive they were about shooting it down. And it doesn't change the reality that um, we never believed that it was a it was, a, you know, any kind of a lock that Memphis would be going to the Big 12, that this would purely be um, a process, an exploratory, or however you want to phrase it, and that in order for the Memphis to get into the Big 12, uh, the dominoes would have to fall in the right way, including the Pac-12 might have to stay intact. Um, and so I think all those things are true. I don't think this episode either enhanced or harmed or change that reality in any yeah. way, um, we're still to the point that, uh, uh, except for I'd say this, I do think that it is, to me, I lean towards something happening, and I lean towards uh, that being evidence that Memphis is in the mix, involved, doing what it's supposed to do. And, and you know, that's what Laird Veach told uh, Tim Buckley the day they met him uh, six weeks ago when he talked about this, that... That they're they're doing all the things they should be doing, and they're not advertising them, and I think that's all true. Whether that will be enough uh, ultimately, we will see. Uh, but it certainly made for a uh, entertaining Friday evening.
3: <laughs> yes, it did. I I, I will say though that uh, on the I've never met with anyone from Memphis about adding them to the Big Twelve, nor have I been on campus. That's too carefully worded for me to believe anything. He, if if nothing happened, he could say I have I've. I didn't travel to Memphis. I don't know why people are running with this at all. If, if that was the case, if he had never been to Memphis, he could have said it that way. But saying, I haven't been to well, campus. Say, it's I've never d- been
2: to Memphis. He'd say well, not never he, been to Memphis. I, say, I, I did not I, travel I, I, to Memphis when they yeah, said I, I Memphis did. I wasn't in Memphis this weekend. I wasn't yes. in Memphis this weekend. I don't know what people are talking but about. But he could he could have <laughs> fully
3: denied it if, it if it was worth denying, and he didn't. Instead,
2: it was very carefully It done. was, it was very carefully. He told the truth.
3: I, I believe he told the truth there. No all right,
2: it's, so it's why I, I don't remember what my earlier tweet was, but I, I didn't take it down because I, I wasn't convinced. Like, there was nothing. Some of the, why didn't you take down your tweet after that? Because I don't, I'm not convinced that nothing happened. Right. That's the implication. I, and it felt like it was a carefully worded tweet that he gave to Pete Samuel. And, you know, one explanation with that would be just, again, this is total spitball. It could be 100% wrong it would be that uh listen, they had really productive conversations with with FedEx about sponsoring you know, whatever. Yep. And they don't want to ruin that. They will aggressively don't want to ruin that by letting the cat out of the bag and so they're gonna everyone's gonna deny things. Like that's one just one possible explanation. So um anyway well, <laughs> I, I do I I, so I do believe something happened yep. and yep. there were discussions and um but again, that, that won't necessarily lead uh, to the places where Memphis fans want it to lead.
3: Now, I know you sort of mentioned this a little bit a second ago, but it, let's say it did happen, which we both believe it did happen. Them being this quiet, does not it, it seems like a negative to me, them being this quiet and wanting to keep it under wraps the way they are. When the UConn visit happened, they weren't quite that way. It feels like if that is the case and they're not trying to hide the UConn visit, they're trying to hide what the happened they? here in Memphis. Who is the they in question that was, was being quiet? Um, uh, I'd say the big, 12, the big 12. The Big 12 in general, Brett Yormark. There was no denial of UConn, a UConn campus visit. Okay, but,
2: but I just give you an explanation. What happens if uh, it was, uh, like, what was it? The massive, I, I'm not at all saying this is true. Okay. Just right. as an example. Okay. What happens if there's a substantial... Uh, discussions with FedEx about sponsoring blank, right? And FedEx says, "Last listen, last time this happened, we were embarrassed. We were told yeah. that, you know, everyone was like, hey, you tried, Memphis is trying to buy its way in, and FedEx Fed is trying to buy his way in, and in the end, they didn't get anywhere, and so they were humiliated, and it was, it was embarrassing for Memphis, and it was embarrassing for the company. And so Fred says, listen, if this thing, you know, if, we, if you, people are yammering about this stuff, we'll just, we'll just say, no, thank you. That explains the silence.
3: Yeah. So you would, you would say it's from big, it could be from the big donor side or a, or, I'm or a big I'll name side. A
2: possible, I'm offering a possible explanation. Yeah. It's also possible that they came here literally as a courtesy to meet someone and aren't trying to fly the flag and, yeah. make, and aren't trying to raise Memphis' hopes. Like I, you know, the, the, it's it, 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 to take your view of it. Um, you know, Jason and John early on, when this story first broke, said, "Boy, well, wouldn't it be a nasty bit of work if they if they took the football away?" Well, maybe they're to take your theory, or it seems like your theory. May, maybe the fact that they are being so quiet and discreet about it is a effort to not. You know, not be taunting them with the football. Correct. You, know, you sure that's, will come, but at. we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna keep it way under wraps, and we're not gonna raise people's hopes because that would be unfair to everybody. So we're gonna sneak in under the cover of night, and uh, and then we're gonna deny it up one side and down the other. Mm-hmm. Here's the truth: we got no idea, Gabe. Yep. We got no idea, and so so I, all of this is funny. I always give John a hard time because he wants to know the ending. Of where whatever the saga is, he wants to know the ending. Yeah, um, particularly if it like has to do with him. Like I remember when he didn't have the show yet; he was my producer, and, he's just, and I said, "Just be patient, and it'll it'll come." And he just wanted to know the answer right now. You yeah. know, he always wants to know the answer right now, and I, I just we can't know the answer right now. It's just like we can sit here in the same way that we can sit here and we could parse Adam Silver's every freaking sentence and see what we can extract out of it to predict what Jaws' punishment would be, or we can go through and we can uh, parse through whether the fact that this was secretive means it's more positive or less positive or whatever right. else. It's not really that productive an exercise. We're where we, we, it, it will be what it will be. And, uh, and I don't, I, I'll tell you this: I have no confidence in any lessons that we are trying to draw from this. Right? Like any any wisdom about the way it's being conducted, I have uh, I have no confidence in the accuracy of that.
3: Understood. Understood. Now let's move on. On that. in that case, talk with Jeff Galkat. Right. Jeff, I mean, I'm not Gaulkins. anti it. I just don't think we. Can,
2: I don't think we can well, know. Well, there's, no, there's
3: like, nothing that's going to change about the end yeah, result it's, based it's on these the discussions. Unknowables. We right. Just can't know, you right. know. No, I get it. I understand. I understand. Now, um, holler at me about it. this XFL report came out 60 million in in losses. I am uh that that scares me for USFL for a lot of reasons, but it just how much does it show like the 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 thought of off-season football just does not latch on, does it, seemingly? And I hope it works out here. Well, it doesn't scare me because it doesn't I have no there's I
2: have no emotional stakes in whether they they succeed. See, and, or but fail. isn't that and a he, bad thing in general, right? Right. I, I, well, I don't care. So, <laughs> I, it's, so it's, it's okay to not, like, it, it's... But, but I doesn't it, that it, speak it, to I the point? Care, I would care if the, if the Grizzlies left town, which they won't. I would care, uh, you know, I'd care if Los Delicias closed down. <laughs> I'd care. <laughs> Me too. Like, there's a lot of things I would care about, and I don't mean this with any disrespect. If the showboats left, I, I really this is going to sound disrespectful, I don't care. Therein lies my the problem, right? I, it's but it's not a problem if you don't care. <laughs> <laughs> it's only a problem. If for, you care, for, for, if you don't care, it's not a problem. I'm and saying
3: for the for the enterprise of the showboats in the USFL. It would
2: be if I. I here's the truth. I always
3: assumed they'd fail. Didn't you? Yeah. Like, I mean, of so, course. I mean, I've I've been through like, it from the inside with the AAF. Like, right.
2: Like I've every yeah every other one has failed. And I. By the way, I have incredible regard for a lot of the people.
0: Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced.
3: You put in the hours, the energy,
2: the tough labor. You are a fighter.
1: Medella is your reward. Medella, the mark of a fighter. Frick Responsibly, beer
3: imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois.
2: People who are involved with it Absolutely. Enterprise. From, from well, hell, Fred is involved with it from the Enterprise, you know, from the top. But then, like, Steve Macy's a great guy. I had him in studio. He, he works for that team. Um,. You know, I know know Stephanie Belisle, who uh, she works as doing promotion for that team. Like lots of really good people are involved with that team and making a success. And I think they've done, they've been really good and aggressive and and about the way they've done things. And so, so to say I don't care is is callous at some level, except from a civic perspective. Like there's a, I don't, I don't really like it. In, in the end, this is one where if there's a market for it, it'll be supported. You know what was sad? What was sad was there were days in Memphis spring football when, or, or in Memphis, you know, the, the, the old, the old USFL, people really cared about that team, and so when it didn't work, that was sad, right? Mm-hmm. Like people like filled the stadium and all yep. of that. So if it doesn't work and something's really popular, well that's sad. But I don't know. Like I, I I don't get the sense that there would be a lot of grief around the city if it didn't work. And by the way, I also don't I don't take the fact that the XFL lost money as evidence that the USFL no 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 I'm no but I I, know, do, and, I do I think mean, there's it's
3: obviously it's it's a it's a television product there. and
2: if they're happy with the television numbers which is really what it exists for um, then then you know then it, then it may well work and heck so I'm not
3: I see the Memphis Showboats already selling tickets and discussing 2024 schedule year. so that's good. good that's good in itself I'm not saying there it's a direct correlation but it does, I think there is a lesson to be learned about sort of off-season football. And, and by the way, when you're talking about the old showboats, old um, sort of expansion leagues, the player sellability, the personalities you could bring in, was a, it's a lot different. These guys, I think in a lot of they're just playing for another opportunity at a higher level. So you don't know what, well, what, the, is what the roster's going to look like next year. The turnover could be substantial, will be substantial.
2: It's, it's classic minor league sports, right? right. And so – um, used, there are there are some leagues that are started. I mean, you can go back to the you know the old AFL or the the old uh, ABA. Or there's some leagues that are started with a swagger and, uh, and an intention to take on the established league and those places. That, that, and and they and they bid against the established league and they get players that you can. You know, rally around, and all of a sudden Reggie White's in Memphis, and you're yep. like, "That's that's a very different." Larry Zonka's here, and yes. that's a very different deal than um, than. Hey, we're a minor league team, and we're just some some guys hoping to catch on, and like if they're lucky, they'll get a contract. And if
3: we're good enough, we won't we won't be here.
2: And yeah. So so yeah. So it's a, it's just a very different experience, and so it's not honestly, it's not nearly. I mean, it, it, in some ways, the Redbirds are are more, you know, are 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 you know, at least there, you know, like, well, there's some very high end pros, prospects who could be in St. Louis next weekend, right? There, there's there's no um, showboat who's going to be, you know, the, who's the who's the future of the the Titans, yep. right? And so, whereas, and so, and even there, even with the Redbirds, in the end, minor league sports, it's really about sunshine and beer. You know, yep. and I think I've always thought that about spring football, too. People like football. And so you go and you kind of <laughs> enjoy soaking in football. But in a fashion where you, you're going to have plenty of room to spread out and you're going to be able to get a hot dog and a beer and enjoy some spring football as you wait for regular football to start. But no one's under any illusions that, in any, that it's anything but that. And so not, right now we have we have several teams, one FC, obviously, the Redbirds and the Showboats that are all sort of competing you know, for that minor league um, interest. It is interesting, at the Daily Memphian, if we were to write, we'll write we write stories, n- not as much as we used to. You know, back in the day, we would literally, at the CA, they don't either, write a, like a Redbird story gamer every single night that they played. Mm-hmm. But you, what happens now is nobody reads those stories. But of those three entities, the stories that get the most read Pretty easily, showboats. Wow! Okay. Pretty easily, showboats get drive more traffic at least to our site um, than either the Redbirds or Nine Hundred One FC. Some of that I think is novelty. Once upon a time, it certainly yeah. would have been Redbirds Nine Hundred One FC the first year they were here. They were kind of so some of it was is novelty. The, yeah, but um, I mean, I do think there though. is some interest in the. It's funny. I love wearing. I have they sent me a robot showboat shirt. And I love wearing it. Someone will always invariably, you know, come up to me and say, Go Boats. And, and so it's sort of fun. I, I like it. Um, but, but, no, I, 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 I hope – I don't care about the XFL. I, I, right. I hope the show boats are back next year. It doesn't appear like it would take a freaking miracle at this point for them to make the playoffs after the sort of a dud on Saturday. But And
3: not it kind of stinky if you've been paying attention. The North is like they don't have a winning team. Yes. There's, a, there's not a team with a winning record and they're going to ultimately be representing the North in a, in a championship. And justice. Yes, exactly right. It is stupid. The South has like, got a ridiculous, ridiculous record against the North. It makes no remote sense, but, hey, it is what it is. And they're, uh, they, they this weekend was not great. They had a five-game win streak. 31 not three. kind to the- Yeah, not great. Not great. Yeah, you know what, that is just uh, like uh, a uh, really bad way to end a win streak, though, too just like a brings I don't know, it down I don't know to earth. if
2: you've ever heard this but you can't turn the ball over five times and win
3: yeah I th- I've heard that That's before an actually. Old adage. I have yeah. I have heard that before <laughs> three picks usually three interceptions usually don't don't lead you down the path of winning so I, I I'm familiar with that old that supposed old adage from from mm-hmm. you Jeff Calkins <laughs> talking with Jeff Calkins at Jeff underscore Calkins on Twitter do you make any do you, have you uh, had any type of reaction to the Jerry West uh Kobe Bryant to the Grizzlies discussion on Paul George's podcast. Any reaction at all? Oh, Jerry was a kook,
2: and and like Jay is the person who's literal, who's who's, um, who's the reality of him was so different than this. He seems like this just totally elegant man. Right, Jerry West, the logo, and then he is—I mean, he's—he's he's talked about this. He's a—he's, you know, prone to depression, anxiety, um, curses up like a blue streak, just gets enraged. And the truth of the matter is, although he took the money to come here, and and the the the, the job of running the team there were days I would remember him like looking at the bowl and saying, yeah, it's never going to work here, you know? And, yeah. and so this idea that he would tell Kobe not to leave Los Angeles for Memphis, Hey, I don't really ever believe Kobe would right? I I, that. That's the part that I don't think ever I really would have taken seriously that it, that Kobe really ever would have. But the idea that Jerry told him not to 100% believe that Yeah, 100% believe that.
3: But I think I, I don't know. It's coming out of jail. How much do we take his? Yeah, taking his word for uh, it is probably my, big, it's, it's my biggest. My biggest. And just, also, like I, I, I guess I could believe it in the fact that I guess Kobe and Shaq—that was sort of peak of their feud, right? And Kobe may have right. been trying to find somewhere else to go at that time. Like I guess I could believe it in that sense. But I don't think there was actually. There any was. There was talk
2: that. of it even back then. Like there Hey, maybe Kobe. Well, like that was. That was a thing. It was interesting though I mean I even i'll be honest the idea that Jerry West would be in ever ended up in Memphis was so <laughs> bill plakey, who's a friend of mine would was um like would he ridiculed the idea in print and yeah. uh and the next thing you know here was Jerry West in Memphis, and uh, that was st- staggering that that happened and, the, and credit to Michael Heisley for making that happen and then Jerry honestly had the went way out of the box to hire Hubie, which yep. worked and gave us those first plays. Like I'm not disp- Hubie Jerry didn't get lucky in the lottery. And so it was, it was really hard for him to do more than he did. Um, but in terms of, you know, extracting the first bits of success out of this team, he did that. Like he did that while he was here. Um it was just funny, like, the players that he liked and didn't like. Yeah, he always hated Shane Battier, yeah. um, which was weird because you'd think Jerry West would like. Like, Shane Battier is, has a deep history appreciation of the history of the game. and all. No, he liked athletes, and he really didn't like that Shane was so popular, and but in his mind, wasn't that good. Yeah. <laughs> so, so he would trash Shane. Um, he would just – like, he was just a – Interesting, but also sometimes incredibly thoughtful. He gave me a book. Like, he's the only coach or GM who's ever given me a book. And it's I have a book signed by Jerry West. And um, so, like, incredibly, really interesting, thoughtful guy, um, but not at all what you would
3: expect. Yeah, but also just a strange admission to put that on your name and have the Grizzlies fan base, Memphis, hate you for it in a lot of ways. Just a weird, it's a strange admission. That's all I'll say about it, but I, I'll go ahead and let you go, Jeff. Appreciate it, man. Right. We'll talk again tomorrow. Yeah. That's Jeff Galkins. Jeff Calkins Show 9 to 11 also uh, from the Daily Memphis, and he is a columnist for them. Now, Oxbow is your favorite local men's store, and it's a perfect destination for Father's Day shopping in Memphis. We got it coming up. Make sure you get over to Oxbow. Discover a wide range of popular brands, genteel apparel. I have latched on Dylan Waxler. Damon, they always make fun of me for it, but get over and get that Gentile Apparel Free Fly, Costa, Yeti, Duckhead, and more at Oxbow. Find the ideal gift for the avid golfer in your life with the latest Hush Y'all collection. They have that Hush Y'all stuff. It's, it's beautiful. It really uh, encapsulates our tournament, but they have other golf-related items. They also offer a diverse selection of clothing, accessories for men, ensuring that you'll find something unique for every single dad for Father's Day. You can find the store, two-story storefront, beautiful storefront, right off of Poplar on June Road behind the Amico Station. They have a crawfish truck usually there for you. You can go in. You can see Earl the dog. They try to make you at home at Oxbow. Also, I have a couple of more ideas for you. Um, if your dad enjoys fishing or spending some time on the water, check out the Sunglass Selection um, when you, when you see that Costa is the one I'd point you to renowned for their exceptional clarity, UV protection, surprise your dad with rugged and durable Yeti products, coolers, drinkware, accessories, perfect for outdoor adventures and tailgating Duckheads classic timeless clothing options at Oxbow make for a father's day gift that they, that your father, the dad in your life will remember. But Oxbow's the go-to spot in Memphis for all things men's fashion and for father's day. Uh, again off Poplar, on June Road, behind the Amoco Station, or go to ShopOxpo.com. And what I always try to do for you, it's very simple. Go to ShopOxpo.com. When you're going to check out and you you have your shopping cart all put together, put in my promo code, The Gabe Show. All one word, The Gabe Show. G-A-B-E, The Gabe Show. And you can get 20% off that order for Father's Day so you can get that dad in your life whatever he needs for Father's Day, but make sure you get over to Oxbow, shop local, shop Oxbow. Now we have to, uh, I briefly brought it up with Jeff, but Jerry West was on uh, Paul George's podcast and floated the idea of Kobe in 2004 wanting to become a Memphis Grizzly. And then Jerry West said he promptly shot down that idea. We'll talk about that sound and talk about what do we think about it? What do we think about Jerry West? Are all of the discussions about the past and him trying to implode the Grizzlies from the inside out, are they true? We'll discuss it on the other side, 92.9 FM ESPN. Guests appear on the Smile Center Hotline. Now back to the Gabe Kuhn Show, live from the Service Master by Cornerstone Studios on 92.9 FM ESPN. Robert Irwin Jewelers is the number one place to buy diamonds. And and obviously you'll ask the question why. I have a million different reasons why. Let me lay out a couple. 365-day buy-back guarantee. In 365 days, if you don't like what you have, you can return that. Um, any loose diamond purchase, which gives you a peace of mind, that you've made the right decision. You also have more choices. In addition to carrying one of the largest collections of natural diamonds, Robert Irwin Jewelers has lab-grown diamonds that make it a lot easier for you to figure out what you want. They have a selection of everything you want. They also make custom designing your engagement ring risk-free, and they make it very easy. Every designer diamond engagement ring mounting at Robert Irwin Jewelers is fully customizable to accommodate the center diamond. The size, shape, metal, whatever you want. Also, they can make custom engagement ring. They can make it a drawing. They can uh, 3D print it. They can do so many things to make sure you're getting what you order. Also, all custom design engagement rings at Robert Irwin Jewelers come with the meant-to-be guarantee, which means if in the first 365 days for any reason you are unhappy with your ring, you can return it for a complete refund. And right now, during the summer of a 1,000 engagement sale, Ask her now and pay later. With great financing options, 24 months deferred interest, you take up to 60 months to pay at a low APR for a limited time. Buy one wedding band and get the second one half off. If you're already married and you already have an engagement ring, you want to upgrade it, Robert Irwin Jewelers can help you do that now too. There's six locations or online at rijewelers.com. Bigger, brighter diamonds, better prices, Robert Irwin Jewelers. Now, Jerry West was the GM here in Memphis, 2002 to 2007, if I'm not mistaken. But he had an okay stay, I guess, for the most part. But there was a a, a question that was posed to him about Kobe Bryant. Kobe Bryant and Jerry West had a very good relationship uh, back in the day, especially early in Kobe's career. Um, And they worked together at times. Um, But Jerry West was on Paul George's podcast, Podcast P, the one that Jaron was on just about a week ago. And he spoke on the potential pairing – of Kobe Bryant and the Memphis Grizzlies and he said he ultimately shot it down here here's here's Jerry West on the whole situation
2: He became a free agent and his agent then was Rob Palenka So I met them in Orange County in a hotel room and he said he wanted to come to Memphis and play never, you, And I looked at him and I said never, you kidding me
0: yeah. <laughs> And he's no
2: And I said Kobe no No you belong somewhere out here, mm-hmm. okay? And even though he would have never played there, I just wanted to reassure him that don't feel like you have any obligation with me or the Grizzlies to play here. I guess in some sense that might have been tampering. I didn't look at tampering because he was at our house all the time. He ate at my house all the time. I felt more like a, a father figure with him. I had a wonderful relationship with him. Forget it as a basketball player. I love what he stood for. His commitment to excellence, he wasn't afraid of failing. Once you get afraid of failing, you're going to fail. Mm -hmm. He was not afraid.
3: So (laughs) there you have it. Jerry West admits that Kobe pitched the idea of potentially playing for him at Memphis for the Grizzlies, and he shot it down saying, no, no, you, you. basically, if I'm reading through what he's saying, you're too good to play here in Memphis. I will say, very strange admission, Connor. Very strange admission. I know he's done with his executive career. He's, he's retired. He's doing his own thing. But you're basically saying in that moment, okay, I had a job that I promised the, you know, the Memphis Grizzlies organization I was going to do at the best of my ability. I had something in front of me that could have potentially happened. Kobe Bryant was a free agent. And I decided not to do my job at the best of my ability because I didn't think Kobe or the, or the Grizzlies deserve Kobe In the end of the day, I just find it a strange admission for a guy who had been an executive for so damn long and done it at such a high level for him to deny a player of Kobe's ilk coming to Memphis. I just find it after the fact to be bizarre for him to put this out in the public.
1: I would think it was bizarre if it were any other player not named Kobe Bryant (laughs) and if it wasn't the Lakers.
3: He's Jerry West.
1: Come on. Come on. Let's let's all be real here for a second. It's Jerry West. He's not pulling a guy from the Lakers like Kobe Bryant and bringing him to Memphis. He's not doing that to the
3: Lakers. But he was hired no by way. the Grizzlies to do a certain doesn't job. Doesn't matter to Jerry he? West.
1: That, on, on his contract, it doesn't say if Kobe Bryant asks you to come here, he has, you have to bring him here. I think it's, I think it's a, a silly thing that he did. It would have been great to have Kobe Bryant here. It's a weird admission for him to make. I'm not surprised by it, and we need to stop pretending like the whole we are. The
3: tampering thing, it is kind of purposeful. It that sounded like a college recruit. It sounded like a college
1: coach. They eat at my house. They That's sleep over That's purposeful collusion.
3: <laughs> we just but had a is, barbecue. That is purposeful collusion to keep him sure. from even thinking about being a Memphis Grizzly.
1: Sure. But I also think there might be some exaggeration happening in the story because here's... My guess would be Kobe said he wanted to play with Pau Gasol.
3: Mm-hmm. That ultimately and happened, right? <laughs> that
1: is, when he says Kobe said he wanted to come to Memphis, I... T- I think that what he's really saying is Kobe said that he wanted to play with Pau Gasol any way he could. And one of those ways well, would have been to come to Memphis.
3: I think even more so than playing with Pau Gasol. Of course that happened later and you, and you and you know there was definitely an appetite for those two to be paired up together. But at that time that was di- directly in the middle of the Shaq Kobe feud. Also that. Yes. And like
0: Baseball is back blackout and other restrictions apply major league baseball trademarks used with permission
3: the, the lakers were sort of in that decision making process of Shaq or Kobe and it was always going to land on Kobe because of Kobe's work ethic in the off and who Shaq was off the floor shaq was, i mean shaq was a phenomenal player one of the most dominant probably the most dominant post player we've ever seen in the history of the game when he was at his peak but in the offseason, he screwed around. He'd come into camp out of shape. You just didn't know what to expect of him. And then I think down the stretch of his career, you started to see him get out of more and more out of shape until he played himself out of the league. But he, he did have a long prime, and he still was useful to the end of his career. But Kobe Bryant was just a different breed. Yeah, And, and you always, in the back of your mind, knew that if it was coming down to team building where Kobe was at, and how he conducted himself on and off the floor—you—you you, you knew that it would probably be Kobe as as the ultimate decision. And he ended up getting what seven years, hundred thirty-six million dollars from the Lakers. I think that off season, that off season. So it, it could have been a somewhat of a power play by Kobe, knowing that Jerry West could relay this back to the Lakers front office.
1: Right. I just I just don't think there's. An actual realistic route for Kobe to ever yes, have been playing right. in Memphis, and that's why you know I took the clip as being like Ah, Jerry West. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like I don't expect anything different from him. You know what I mean? Again, if it was a different player in a different team, I think I might be a little bit more upset about it. But it just this just kind of seems obvious. You know, it's it wasn't a secret that Jerry West didn't. You know, love his job when he was here. He didn't love the French. Are you okay?
3: Yeah, we're good. <laughs> we had a chair issue. Oh, we're good. A chair. Yeah. Too many, yeah. too
1: many of Cindy's meatballs yeah, today. Maybe,
3: maybe that's a possibility. <laughs> it's a possibility. But I'm all good. I'm all good. Continue there, Connor. You're good. You know, we're saying something. I, I'm just saying. Yeah. You
1: know, I, I just I don't think that it was very much kind of similar to what Jeff was saying. I just don't know if it was ever realistic for Kobe to have ever right. played in Memphis, no. and that's why this clip I think is a a fun one that we can talk about, make fun of for a little bit. It's a weird admission to make for sure. Feels like that everybody goes on Paul George's podcast though and is just open and honest with everybody. It's it's a fascinating. I podcast. guess I guess
3: Jerry West too. He's like it's sixteen years. Who after cares? The fact. Who yeah. cares?
1: Jerry West is like I'm the logo. I can say yeah. whatever
3: I want. <laughs> I guess so. I guess so. Um, now speaking of the Grizzlies in uh, in real time though, they did lose a assistant coach um, over the weekend. That would be Darko Ryakovic. He's uh, Serbian. Um, been coaching since he was 16 years old. Like he is, he this is what he's done his entire life. He's been waiting for an NBA coaching job to open up for him. Masai Ujiri pulls the trigger on him, and I gotta say, I know that he has been sort of a behind-the-scenes player in a lot of ways, and like people don't really know how much he brings to the table from a from a Grizzlies coaching standpoint and what this staff. I mean, Taylor James is the forefront. We don't really talk about the rest of the staff at length. But Darko Ryakovich was the lead assistant for a reason, and the Grizzlies are going to have to find somebody else that is just about as good as him at player development. What he's done in bringing along some of the guards we've seen, Mm De'Anthony Melton, Mm -hmm. he definitely molded. Desmond Bain is probably the biggest example of a guy he molded, but he's done a really good job of trying to develop some of these guys, whether they're... You know, good shooters, he tries to make them into playmakers. If if they're good playmakers, he tries to make them into spot-up shooters and helps them in those. He's he's helped the guards here since Taylor Jenkins has been in town. Uh, This new iteration of the Grizzlies, he's helped these guards develop. And finding guys that are as good as him and making something like that happen, it's going to be tough. It's going to be really tough on the open market. But um, Grizzlies are going to have to do that, and they're going to have their work cut out for them.
1: Absolutely. I mean, you saw... Desmond Baines' tweets and all the Grizzlies' tweets when he got the job. He was a beloved coach in that locker room, and like you said, he was instrumental in bringing guys along at the guard position, specifically like Desmond Bain. So it's a big loss for the Grizzlies. I think there's a lot of candidates out there. I'm not the best assistant coach candidate guy right. to ask. Right, no, um, definitely not. A fun idea is there's a certain somebody that Taylor Jenkins may have used to work for out there right now. Maybe he needs a job. Uh, yeah. That could be fun, but – you know, I think that the Grizzlies have a really good coaching staff. They're going to plug somebody in there that's going to be a perfect fit for them. Um, I'm excited, though, for for Darko. I'm excited to see what he can do. Yep. And I'm curious because there's some trade rumors about some Raptor stuff, some Grizz stuff. Is this going to help? Is it going to hurt? What do you think?
3: I am – I don't know. I have no, idea. <laughs> I have no way of knowing. I'll say this. I, I've always had my reservations when it comes to working with Masai Ujiri. Mm-hmm. He wins trades. He's going to try—if you go and trade for OG Ananobi, he's going to make you give up the house for him. He's
1: like that dude in your fantasy football league that's like, hey, let's make a trade. Oh, and then he offers, offers you a trade, you trade and you're like, you're like, okay, that's a ridiculous trade, but I'm going to counter. And then he's like, no, that's that's so ridiculous. I have to win the trade. And it's like, then why am I trading yeah, with you? No, if you exactly. say that, I don't want to give you anybody.
3: Yeah, he, he, he gives you Sterling Shepard and, you know— Raheem Mostert, and he tries <laughs> to get you to give up Derrick Henry. Yeah. Like, he's that guy, and then, yeah. you, then you offer something equitable. And no, it's, it's I, always after, like, yes. one of them had a big so, week, and he's that's like, that's but he had a big week. Year, and that's like, his Yeah, I don't think the Darko thing changes anything about it. What I do worry about for Darko is going into a situation now with the Raptors where you have no idea what that roster's going to look like. That's true, yeah. Today. Like, are you going into a rebuild or retool? What, are you, what, is, go- what is the plan? Yeah, the Raptors What's the plan have been for the immediate at least.
1: The Raptors have been frustrating from somebody on the outside looking in. I can't imagine what it's been like to be a Raptors fan right now because they keep going from "We think that we still have a team," to "We want to retool," "We want to rebuild." Pick one.
3: Yeah, pick they, one. And they have talent. It's just like it hasn't really come together, and they're sort of in that plane They've got talent, area. but they're all at
1: different ages and in different stages yeah, of their careers. Yeah, and They've forever, got young and talent of which, build around them. Speaking of which, to add OG. to
3: this, uh, Fred Van Vliet just declined his his player option. Exactly. He's going to be an unrestricted free agent in July. And if I'm being completely honest, the coach that he's been playing for this whole time, and Nick Nurse is now uh, the 76ers head coach, and James Harden is thinking about going to Houston. If I am Fred Van Vliet, that's probably the first place I talk to yes. about where I want to bring my services. Absolutely. And what can you pay me? So now you're looking at the Raptors. Who's who's the lead point guard? What are you, what are you doing now? What is the plan? But Darko, I think will be fine as long as they give him some type of leash to work with because they're not, the Raptors are not on stable ground. There's no, I mean, they're just, they just aren't, they are not. Now also real quick, before we get out of here and get to small talk, Celtics uh, have their lead assistant, Charles Lee, who is the associate head coach for, for Bud. So now Sam Cassell and Charles Lee alongside Joe Missoula. again, not a Joe Missoula hire. (laughs) This is a Brad Stevens hire, they're just they're lining up guys that can replace Joe Mazula if things go bad, right? It's
1: exactly what you and I thought were they're going to happen. They're
3: just lining guys up. Okay, he's next in line. If he ends up leaving for a head coaching job, okay, Sam's next in line to be your lead assistant. and Then he could take over for you if you stink.
1: I actually I mean, think it's a pretty good strategy because they're like, maybe Joe figures it out. Joe, Because Joe had moments of good. He wasn't all bad. We don't really we, we dragged Joe season. in the playoffs because Eric Spolstra made Games. him look like a child on the other side of the sideline. But to be fair to him, he would do that to most coaches. It's he's Eric Spolstra, and you know Joe Mazzulla just wasn't ready for the moment. So they're giving him these bench coaches, and they're saying, "Hey, here's these guys that know how to do it. They're going to help you out. Maybe he figures it out. Maybe he becomes the head coach that the Boston Celtics thinks he can be." But to your point, the replacements right there. If he gets fired,
3: <laughs> two replacements. Yeah, I mean, like, like if we're talking Charles Lee and Sam Cassell, or if you had, if you could literally sit there right now, and all these guys were on the open market, who you're hiring first? Joe Missoula, Charles Lee, or Sam Cassell? Sam. <laughs> you're not probably you're, you're not hiring I Joe Missoula first. I thought that Sam I'll was going to get the Sixers' job. I thought he had a ch- shot for that. Yeah, yeah, he was up for it. And he an mm-hmm. assistant for some time. Good player development guy. Speaking, Very player good player development guy. Now, let's, uh, let's go ahead and grab a break. On the other side, we have small talk to get to right here on the Gabe Show 92.9 FM ESPN. Here on 92.9, we talk ball every weekday from 4 till 7 p.m. Except right now, it's time for Big Man Small Talk on 92.9's Gabe Show. So the PGA Tour was absolutely electric this weekend. RBC Canadian Open. Nick Taylor, who is native, he is the na- a native of Canada, he ends up winning in a playoff four-hole playoff with Tommy Fleetwood. And if you saw the winning putt, a 72-foot eagle putt drained it, ice in his veins. But that's not what here what I'm here to talk about. Nick Taylor was fantastic, and I respect everything he was able to accomplish this weekend. It just came out of nowhere that he was able to win. But his best friend on tour, Adam Hadwin, who's also from Canada, went to go try to celebrate with him. And, Connor, I know you've seen this video at this point, tried to spray some champagne on him got absolutely decked by security on his way across the green to go give Nick Taylor a hug. And Nick Taylor, you can see him in the background, like, no, 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 stop that. I looked this up. Adam Hadwin is five foot eight, 165 pounds. He is not built to take a hit like that. Uh, no. He got smothered. That would have been 15 yards in the NFL. He put all his weight. That was full body weight right on top of Adam Hadwin.
1: Remember the Derrick Henry question from last week?
3: Yeah, I sure do.
1: This proves what would have happened right here. <laughs>
3: this tells us exactly what would have happened. Derrick Henry would win that ten out of ten times. Five eight one sixty five. That does kind of fit the bill of like normal pros versus Joes. The other he's guy the was Joe. the
1: other guy said that he was five eight one seventy.
3: But how did this damn security guard not know? <laughs> like, it, not a, there's not really normal. First of all, he's dressed. He's tucked in. Yeah, got the hat on. Uh-huh. He looks like a golfer. But there's not normal spectators pulling up with a bottle of champagne spraying it. Like, I feel like only golfers ready to go. or guys that are behind the scenes are able to get away with something like that. He should have known. But that was, that did, that did like make the, my, that made, the that made my day yesterday. bear hit Leo in the Revenant. He
1: <laughs> hit him so hard,
3: dude. He dropped him. He picked him up. He picked him up. Full body weight. i surprised a collarbone didn't get popped. People get pissed about that type. I mean, that's, that's the type of stuff that the NFL has been trying to limit for years. Full body weight on top of poor Adam Hadwin. (laughs) 5'8", 165. Adam Hadwin just getting leveled by a security guard. Let's go ahead and grab a break, though. We have one more hour left in the day. We still have to get to the Blitz. We'll get to that at the bottom of the hour. But coming up next, we have some Grizzlies to talk about, and we bring on my man Parker Fleming next to Talk It right here on 92.9 FM ESPN.